Fan. It's Wild Weekly on the Fan. Parisi in the slot, takes the shot, he scores! Now, here to talk about the Minnesota Wild and the NHL, from the Wild, Kevin Falness, and from the Fan, Brandon Molesky. Good evening, welcome to KFN Wild Weekly. I am Brandon Molesky from KFN, Kevin Falness. From the Minnesota Wild Radio Network joins me as he always does on a weekly basis. What's going on, Kevin? I'm going to start impersonating you. No, I have a pretty boring impersonation. So, like, you should be honored that I'm impersonating you. That means you've got some personality. You've got a distinctive voice. <laughs> I, you, I got... you do it very poorly. That's the problem. Why? It's well, like I can't get as low as you. It's like Garth Brooks going to watch karaoke of someone doing one of his uh, songs. It just it doesn't come close. You know, last night. When I just happened to take a shot on you at your, at your take on Wild Fan Line, you sort of yeah. text me back and forth. Yeah. And then our conversation leading up to us coming on the air tonight, yeah. I just knew you were going to be combative and want to fight me and argue with me on everything. And you've already started it. Fight isn't the right way. Argue is. You is want to Marcus Felino me. Yeah, I do. Are you going to be Tom Wilson and I'll be Marcus Felino and we'll go toe to toe? That was a pretty good bout, by the way. Not to completely sidetrack. I'm bored of fights in the National Hockey League. You know, I am too. I, I talked about this with uh, Tom Reed a little bit. Back in the day when he fought, I mean, it was. Uh, I, and it's not like punching a skull is easy or anything, and, and I'm sure that wrecked your hand. But nowadays, all you're doing is punching helmets and punching visors. And they, they did get a couple of shots in at their face, especially with their offhand. But, man, I just can't imagine being a fighter in this day and age. I'm not really a fan of fighting anymore, but I am a fan of the uh, Nick Sealer school of agitation, right? Where he <laughs> he he gets, he, they have the coincidentals with Perron, yeah. got under his skin. He's yapping at him from the, from the penalty box. And that's entertaining. And then he goes out and he goads him into a penalty later in the game, which... Uh, pretty much eliminated all chance for St. Louis to come back in that game. That was uh, that was very entertaining. He took a page out of the Stefan Veyu book because I remember the Veyu yes. sitting there and 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 trying who was to it for Colorado that he was doing Cody McLeod. That's he was, right. He yeah. was making fun of the, the fact that he was a toothless wonder yes. sitting in the other uh, in the other penalty box. And he was making fun of him, and that's kind of what uh, t- to a degree that's what Sealer was doing, running his yeah. uh, doing the yap 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 thing at uh, Perron, and uh, it got under his skin. It was great. Well, our Minnesota Wild team had a, a pretty successful road trip, 5-2. and two, And, Kevin, you've been around this team for a long, long time. You know how difficult that West Coast swing has always been. You get the two games against your former head coach and Mike Yo in St. Louis. And then, uh, you know, that's that sandwich, the San Jose-Los Angeles-Anaheim trip into a to come out five and two during that stretch, that was pretty impressive. I think, yeah, I, I think that's something that uh, I, I, another thing we were talking about in the broadcast. If you would have came out of that seven game swing with three wins, you'd have been relatively happy. Four wins, it would have been a, a, a great trip, and then you you figured out a way to get five, taking two or three out of out of uh, California, like you said, and taking the sweep from St. Louis in, in both of those games. Uh, it was a, a pretty impressive road trip. Not only the fact that they won those five games, but I mean they dominated a couple of those. Oh, that games. Anaheim game was just and the completely first, tilted. And the first St. Louis game, it yes, was, they, yes, they completely owned no that question. game as well. The, the Edmonton game was, was pretty entertaining, and even the San Jose game where they ended up losing was was a, a pretty good affair. So uh, I think there's plenty to build up on from that uh, road trip, without a doubt. That being said, they come back home last night and they they lose to the defending Stanley Cup champion, the Washington Capitals, who. Looking at them in the standings going into last night's game, I was a little surprised at uh, how bo- how low they were in the standings because uh, that's just that's a very talented team. 
I mean, top to bottom. It just starts with Alex Ovechkin. But if you just say that this is the Alex Ovechkin show, you, you don't credit enough of what they, else they have on that roster. We saw a lot of it last night. I mean, Ovechkin, God bless him, had that world-class pass that uh, got, I think, their fourth goal on, on the night. But beyond the that, they, one, yeah. they pretty well bottled him up. He, yeah. I think they held him to, to two shots. But they've got so many other weapons that if you only concentrate on Ovechkin, you'll get burned by someone else, and that's exactly what happened. Well, that's, that's almost was disappointing about the game, right? Because like you mentioned, Ovechkin was really not a factor until that one pass. I mean, right. you didn't even notice him. He wasn't setting up shop on the power play, getting those chances. The wild penalty kill was pretty good. Nicholas Backstrom was quiet. TJ Oshie until the third period was quiet. Uh, Kuznetsov, who's a really good player, was quiet. I mean, if you're going to tell me going into a game that those four guys are basically going to be neutralized, I would have liked the Wilds' chances, especially given the way they were playing. And I guess, if anything, that was the disappointing part is you're, you're losing to you know Orlov and Kirikovsky or whatever the heck his name, Burakovsky, whatever his name is, uh, you know, you, you, you slow down the top guys and it's the bottom ones that beat you. Yeah, and and I actually didn't think that the the Wild played all that bad of a hockey game. I, I was listening to you guys on Wild Fan Line a, a little bit, yeah, and I thought you guys did a great job. By the way, Pat Micheletti sounded outstanding, as did you. But I I know you guys felt like the, the Wild. I, well, you tell me, did you feel like the Wild got run out of the building, or did you no. feel like they they contended pretty well? I I think the score and even the shots on goal were not indicative of the play. Right, right. I, right. The the Wild. The, it wasn't a five two type game in terms of domination. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know. Washington had more shots on goal than the Wild, but actually, from a shot attempt standpoint, uh, the Wild, uh, from a, a decent margin, had more shot attempts. Just the uh, Washington blocked twenty shots in that game. The Wild missed fourteen nets, including two posts um, that would have, you know, maybe changed the game a little bit in that first period when Zucker and Spurgeon back to back hitting posts. Yep. Um, you know, the Wild had their legs last night. The effort was there. The intensity that was there. I thought they were engaged in the game. It was more so just Washington was absolutely flawless on their execution, on their odd man rushes, and the Wild weren't connecting on their passes, which they had improved a lot more on uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the uh, Capitals were extremely, they, they took advantage of every bounce that they got that the you know the Wild would make a mistake and they made them uh, uh, pay for it almost immediately. I thought, uh, you know, when, when the Wild were down 3-0, it didn't feel like a 3-0 hockey game, but uh, that's the way it was, and unfortunately, they just couldn't climb back out of that hole. Uh, go ahead. Let's let's bring up the the argument you wanted to bring up. You Tom cannot Wilson. have a penalty and a goal on the same play. The same guy got a penalty, goes to the box for goalie interference, plus the goal counts. It can't be that way. You get one or the other, not both. Are you a believer that you can't have a penalty on the play while the other guy has an embellishment as well? I hate that call. Why? That's ridiculous. It, either you fell down or you didn't. Well, you can... The embellishment crap is you, garbage. You, Either you, it's a penalty or it isn't. No, that's not correct. If, if a guy is hooking your hands and it's impeding your ability to play the puck, but then all of a sudden you throw your hands up to let the referees know, both of you are committing a penalty. You can have two penalties on the same play. And in the, the goal last hand, I thought the refs, other than what you call the penalty... Nailed it correctly. Well, because, unfortunately, because, they called the penalty goaltender interference. Well, exactly, because anytime it, it's probably just an NHL rule thing. Anytime you run into a goalie, they just call it goaltender interference. If you call it roughing, then I think that negates the entire thing because the goal by Wilson, him running into Devin Dubnik, did not impede Dubnik at all in, in terms of making the save. The goal, the puck crossed the line before he made contact with Dubnik. That being said, he was coming in a little, a little out of control and roughed up Dubnik after the play, and to me, that's a two-minute penalty. So, other than calling it a, a goaltender interference as opposed to roughing, they what happened on the play 
was correct. They should have gotten the goal, and they should have gotten a two-minute penalty out of it, and that's what the refs called. Here's what I don't like You're about wrong, it. You're wrong, I'm right. They called it goaltender interference. You can't have goaltender interference <laughs> and count the goal. He got a penalty and a goal on the exact same play. It's got to be one or the other. Interfe- That's my stance. They interfered with the goalie You're wrong. after. I'm right. They interfered with the Again. goalie after. after the play happened. You can't have What's both. it right always being wrong? It's No. What's it like always Rest being the right. smartest person in the room? Well, no, this is just, this is just common sense. No, so this know, is that's just a basic Damn line. Yeah. But no, it's not common sense. The common sense is he got a penalty on the same play that he got a goal. It's got to be one or the other. It's black and white. He, he got a penalty after he got the goal. No, well, he it's got the, the same goal. play. He got it after. No, after it is the, the puck, same play. After the puck crossed the line, then he got the penalty. But it is the, the same the, play. The penalty did not prevent Devin Dubnik from stopping the puck. How... He was in mid-air, crashing the net, and he took Devin Dubna completely out of the play. And then the goal after, counted. After the puck had crossed the line. Well, I mean, we're talking... He did not impede Dubnik's the, ability to stop the puck. This is the amount of time we're talking about. Snap of my fingers. I mean, he didn't in, 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 impede him from playing the puck. Of course he did. He was, no, he, he didn't. He the puck his, crossed the line before they made contact. He had his butt cheek in his ear hole. He the couldn't puck was get in to the, the net. puck. The puck was in the net before they made contact. Completely disagree. If you're going to call a goaltender interference, then the goal shouldn't count. Like wow. a, okay, if they called it roughing, would that change your opinion? On Possibly, it? but they okay. didn't. They called so, a goaltender interference. Okay. So they got the name of the penalty wrong. That being said, the correct outcome was correct. The it should have been a goal. It should have been a two-minute penalty. That's what the refs called. They called it goaltender interference. And he interfered with the goaltender, okay. who ended up letting in a goal that was a pretty important goal of this He didn't interfere the goalie from making the save. He had his butt cheek in his ear hole. He couldn't get to the puck. <laughs> yes, he could He looked that way, and he saw Tom oh my God. Wilson's butt. You he need, was in the way. You need to go to Joffy Lasik, man. I was right there. I saw it happen, and then I watched the replay, and I know Ryan Seward You're watching a, a different replay than too. I am. Well, I, I mean, well, that's the other part is we're not even talking about the fact that Matt Demma got walked on that and that Ryan Suter couldn't keep up with Tom Wilson. Yeah, well, that's the that's the other part. part. That's yeah. the other part of the play. Which yeah. I bet you're not going to criticize that one, are you, Kevin? I didn't see that part of it. What I'm <laughs> what I'm concentrating on the fact is that the puck went over the line while Devin Dubnik was face to butt with Tom Wilson's backside, and I to me it's goaltender interference, which they called it, which means it shouldn't have been a goal. The, your, your, the semantics of it, of just having the wrong title of the penalty, is really going to throw you for a loop that badly? Well, I mean, they didn't call roughing. They called goaltender interference. That's well, yeah. not a goal. Then you should wipe the goal off the, oh, off the sheet. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm not the only one that was scratching my head after I know. that one. You guys are all idiots. Yeah. Go ahead, say it. We're all idiots. <laughs> You're smart and we're hey, stupid. Hey, the wild take on the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night <laughs> at XL Energy Center as they uh, continue this uh, big stretch of games at home. Then they get Buffalo on Saturday night. Uh, it was fun back in the day when the Wild hated the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. At one point, this, that was their biggest rival. It, it really was. Uh, well, there was hatred there. Yeah, that and Colorado was, was right up there. And, and you know, when we we're battling with those Northwest Division teams, it never there felt was more right. hatred with Vancouver early on. Yeah, well, because of Berdu, uh, Bertuzzi talking smack in the postseason. Yarko Rutu, oh. Matt Cook. Remember those days for sure. Oh, uh, that, yeah, Marcus yeah. Naslin. You had the Sedin. They've had twins. a bunch of thugs there. Creepy guys. Uh, even though Burrows, I hate him. 
Yeah, there was a lot of guys to hate. Matt, Mark Crawford, you had uh, Cloutier between the pipes back in the day. Uh, a lot, I can go right down the list of names. But yeah, the, the hatred is definitely not there right now. But the Wild have something in, to, to prove to them. They went into Vancouver. The Canucks handed them a 5-2 beatdown led by their uh, rookie sensation, Pedersen. So it'll be fun to see them at, in uh, St. Paul on Thursday. And hopefully the Wild can get a little bit of payback. It sounds like there's more hatred of the two of us. <laughs> I don't hate you at all. Uh, We're the, radio BFFs. The tension is so bad that I'm going to take the next segment off. Thank God. Thankfully, you went into that Minnesota Wild locker room earlier this morning. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, had a, had a, a great chat. So yep. let's just play that instead, and I'm, I'm done with you. I'm sick of you. Get out of here. All right. You can hear more of Kevin Fallen this. More, hashtag more me tomorrow night. 645 pregame Wild versus the Vancouver Canucks, and then first puck drops shortly after 7 right here on the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. Wild hockey. We'll continue with Fallness from the Locker Room next on KFN Wild Weekly. Now in the Holiday Station Stores Traffic Center, southbound 169, backing up at 494 to Old Chacopee. Accident on the northbound set of Highway 100 at the Crosstown. Another crash on northbound Highway 100 at France, backing up traffic at 42nd. Southbound 35W busy at Washington at 42nd. Westbound 94 hanging up first at Huron. Then an accident at Hiawatha. I'm Dylan on the fan. Don't wait. Get Black Friday appliance savings now from Warner Stellion. Save hundreds on laundry pairs, dishwashers, French door refrigerators, or save thousands on complete kitchen packages starting at $14.49 for a limited time only at Warner Stellion. Welcome back to KFN Wild Weekly. Kevin Fallen is here with you the rest of the way with the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, Paul Fenton. Uh, the Wild just concluded a big road trip. They did quite well, but that road trip doesn't even, it pales in comparison to the road trip that Paul Fenton just went on, went to Moscow and uh, chatted with a Wild prospect. First of all, welcome back to Minnesota. Paul, it sounded like the uh, trip was rather successful for you. Yeah, the trip was great. Um Almost as good as it was for the Wild out west, and that's probably the most important thing. Before we talk about Kirill Kaprizov, uh, you were expounding on the virtues of Russia and how much it's changed in your time of visiting there. It sounded like uh, the trip was spectacular. Again, away from the hockey, just visiting the motherland. Yeah, just the sights have uh, have really changed. They've put so much money into their their mainstream downtown. it was it was very hard to recognize, to be honest. I, I don't think I've been in about ten years, and I mean, for me to get to the point where I called my wife and I said, you know, the next time I come to Russia, I'm going to invite you to come because you would really be impressed with it. I mean, it, it was very Western like. That's great. Well, and, uh, for you, even better though, it was a business trip, and it sounded like things went well. Talking to Kirill Kaprizov, it, it, take us through some of the meetings of seeing this kid face to face for the first time. Well, watching him play is, is a pleasure. I mean, he is as smart a player as we've probably got here in the organization. He's got great skills. His hands are soft. He's got a scorer's touch and look to him. He's the type of guy that, you know, today we could absolutely utilize here, but I know what the restrictions are, and he's got a year and a half left in his contract, and there's nothing that we can do uh, to buy him out or anything, and, and vice versa with himself. That, that uh, clause doesn't exist anymore. Um, for me, he's a great kid, uh, very personable, has a smile on his face the whole time. He's very pleasant to be around. He understands English. He, he's, uh, he's learning to be more vocal. And uh, I did speak to him about that is, you know, be, before he gets over here, make sure that you, you are able to communicate. I've found in the past with whatever Russians we have had on our teams, 
that if they can uh, understand the language so that the coach, when he tells you to do something, uh, has the confidence in you that he can put you into a situation and, and succeed, that's the most important thing. I'm not asking you to read his mind, but do you get the feeling that he's excited about the potential of coming here in the year 2020? I think so. I mean, with a player that is as talented as him, uh, you, you're you always trying to challenge yourself. You want to see how you match up against the best. And the National Hockey League being the best league in the world is, I think, where he wants to be. And he, he told me that he does, so I'm going to take him at his word. It's, it's well documented that one of the things you were doing there was not only seeing him, but delivering a message from the owner. You, you delivered the message from uh, Craig Leopold. How did he uh, respond to uh, that letter once he got in front of him? Well, it, it was really nice. Uh, you know, he, he read the letter and obviously uh, understood it. I didn't understand it, um, but, but it did pose a, uh, a smile from him. His agent was impressed with it. I think it, it sent the right message that from top to bottom, you know, we're really looking forward to having him. So uh, help me understand, uh, the trip was not only Russia, but also to Finland. Uh, what exactly did you take in? I mean, you must have saw a lot of hockey and the chance to watch. You said you saw him play five games? Yeah, so I, I went to the two games in, in Moscow, and then uh, the Karalia Cup is uh, in Helsinki every year at this time for, with all the major tournaments with the national teams. And uh, so the Czechs, the Russians, the Swedes, and the Finns play in a tournament. It's a good opportunity for me to go and see some guys that have been drafted by other teams, guys that are potentially free agents. Just a, a, an early look on, on different pieces that you know you might entertain bringing over here for next year. The only time any of us have seen Kirill Kaprizov would be on the international stage. What is it like seeing him in his own environment, surrounded by you know his fellow countrymen for the most part? Um, you know, it's a, actually it's a new rink in uh, in Russia in Seska. Um, I was used to the old rink, which was an old rink. Um, I mean, they've got all the amenities of a North American building now, so they they're. Their atmosphere was really good. Um, it's fun to watch him play in front of his home crowd as well and try to put put on a little bit of a show, if you will, with uh, with his teammates. He, but uh, just his game in general is very mature for his age. Again, we're talking to the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, Paul Fenn. It, it was interesting to hear you talk before this about the fact that you go the other side of the world and you're still running into Wild fans. You had your probably Wild logo on, but in both places, whether it be in Moscow or whether it be in Helsinki, you're running into Wild fans everywhere you go. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, I was wearing the I, the logo one day uh, down at the gym, trying to wake myself up from. Uh, being on a different time zone and ran into a gentleman from Fargo who's been to several, um, uh, actually I knew Bob Nagel um, from from the days and uh, worked for a farm company. And then the second guy I ran into was a sponsor of ours from Polaris and uh, ended up knowing one of our players as well. So it was fun to see people that were all over the world and that were recognizing our logo. It's a big world, but it's a small world at the exact same time. So you're on this trip, and meanwhile, your team is back here doing their business and maintaining more than just keeping afloat. They go on this monster seven-game road trip, and they take five of seven. What what have been the reports of, and, and how closely were you able to follow how, how well this team did on that trip? Well, I followed uh, all the time. I actually woke up every morning at five o'clock, uh, which was their time compared to uh, the California time, and I watched every game on the trip. Uh, I spoke to our coaches afterward. I must have been a lunatic, but uh, I ended up going right back to bed for about three hours and then uh, had to go to my games around 1 o'clock over there. But 
I got to watch. I was impressed. Um, I loved the focus of our of our team. I loved the drive. It was it was great to watch them be able to succeed and get off to a you know a, a great run here on the road. Back to Kaprasov for a second. Do you get the feeling that he's paying attention to what's going on here in the National Hockey League? Is he keeping his finger on the pulse of this franchise? No, I think he's he's a fan of the game. He understands. Uh, you know where he's going to end up in the future, and yes, he does follow us, and uh, he he's just a student of the game. So, when did you get back in town, and how much of last night's uh, game did you see in losing five two to the uh, Caps? Well, I went to the Hall of Fame on uh, Monday. I got there around four o'clock in Toronto. Went to the Hall of Fame ceremony, and then went to the GM meetings yesterday from nine to three, and I landed here at seven fifteen. And I got here with eight minutes left in the first period, so I had the opportunity to watch most of the game. Um, might have been a little bit foggy still in my mind, but um, I honestly did not mind the effort level. I just I thought Washington capitalized on their rushes, and, and that was the difference in the game. I couldn't believe how many chances around the net we had the opportunity to get to but just didn't. And uh, it, it could have been a different story if we had gotten to a couple pucks. Homestand continues Thursday, wild host the Vancouver Canucks. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm not asking you to second-guess the call. The Tom Wilson goal, we started out the show talking about Tom Wilson crashing the net. Goal counts, but it's goal, goaltender interference. How can it be both? Well, I guess the, the puck had already crossed the line, and then uh, and then Wilson ends up running into Dubnik. I mean, that's the only way that I can explain it. And, uh, you know, I think the referees have a hard enough job, so I'm not going to criticize I'm not going to ask you to. I would say I don't agree with it, but that's uh, for another story. Uh, while uh, continue this road trip or this homestand now, Vancouver Canucks coming into town. Uh, it started out in Vancouver. That was probably the worst game of the road trip, which says a lot because they played so well. Uh, what are you expecting Thursday night as you get a chance to see these guys with rested eyes? There, there'll be an interesting, uh, an interesting group coming in here. I mean, they're young, they're youthful. Obviously, we know about the Peterson kid. Um, He's as terrific a player as we've seen come into the league at this point. So we're going to have our hands full, and it'll be it'll be a good challenge for us. Paul, welcome back to Minnesota. Welcome back to St. Paul. Enjoy the hockey. Thanks for having me. That is the general manager of the Minnesota Wild. His name is Paul Fenton, and that'll take care of this edition of KFN Wild Weekly. Don't forget, lots of hockey coming up this week for the Minnesota Wild. Thursday, they host the Vancouver Canucks. Saturday, they're home against the Buffalo Sabres. Sunday, they're in Chicago. All the action available right here on FM 100.3, The Fan. Until next week, I'm Kevin Falness. This has been KFN Wild Weekly. Rosie here. I want to take a minute to brag about my friends at Blue Plate. November 5th through the 15th, they are participating in Eat to the Max, their 10-day version of Give to the Max, benefiting nonprofit people serving people, a local organization dedicated to ending homelessness. Consider visiting their restaurants November 5th through the 15th and to make a donation, which Steph Shimp and the great folks at Blue Plate will match, up to $10,000. Blue Plate restaurants have raised over $75,000 for people serving people. Stop by one of their eight restaurants and Eat to the Max.